What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Frame by Frame, a podcast all about your favorite movies and TV shows. I'm your host, Simon, and joining me, as always, is my amazing co-host, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic this week. I'm going to be getting a new job, and I'm very stoked about that because now I get to leave working for Dell. Amon, how has your week been? My week? Not bad, actually. The weather's been getting better here in Michigan. As you can see, the sun is out. It's bright. It's shining. I'm finally getting soaking in some vitamin D. Um, so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week. Um, hopefully an even better weekend. Um, unfortunately, I did have to work today. But uh, other than that, I'm free for the rest of the weekend. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to just watching some, catching up, on my catching up on my gaming, TV shows, movies, all of that. So, yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. But, uh, Brandon, what have you been watching since the last time we spoke? What have I been watching? Let's see. Did I talk about Pitch Perfect last week? Uh, no, you have not. No, okay. You did not. Sometimes when you get COVID, the weeks and days just start to merge together like a dying star. Uh-huh. So, feeling much better now. Uh, my wife and I watched the Pitch Perfect trilogy, which is just a great acapella movie with Anna Kendrick, mm-hmm. um, Rebel Wilson, Adam Devine, just a bunch of great cast members, just starting, just it, it, the whole thing bases itself off of a college like you're in, but that has a dominant acapella system. Mm-hmm. So instead of bands, football, things like that. We're paying attention to acapella groups and how they're competing in the U.S. Uh, second movie takes it international, so we get to see the world stage where one of my favorite comedic, comedic actors shows up, Flula Borg. Mm-hmm. Just because he's a great German and a great comedian. Uh, and then the third one takes you to a USO tour. Oh, okay. It's a bit interesting. It's a fun watch. It's it's nice because it breaks up a lot of like the action movies or the mysteries or the suspense movies that like my wife and I tend to watch. So just something super lighthearted, mm-hmm. out of left field, a nice musical comedy. It's, it's a great series of movies. Um, also celebrated Friday with watching Bill Murray's Groundhog Day, which is a okay. cinematic masterpiece. Interesting. Well, what is Groundhog Day? Groundhog Day is Bill Murray is just a regular weatherman for Philadelphia in Pittsburgh, uh, mm-hmm. in, yeah, Pennsylvania, um, and he gets sent out to Poxitani so that he can do a news report on Phil, our happy little groundhog that tells us if we're going to be getting six more weeks of winter or an early spring. But it turns out he ends up getting stuck in a time loop where the next day doesn't exist. And he continues to repeat the same day for an essentially unknown amount of time. Hmm, Interesting. Throughout the movie, he learns more about the townspeople, um, starts reciting answers to their questions before they can even ask them. Um, Hmm. Small trigger warning on this, he goes through the existential depression and attempts to uh, unalive himself several times Mm -hmm. and none of which are fruitful. And he continues to live in this existential dread of, will I ever see tomorrow? Mm. Every day repeats at 6 a.m. And it just keeps going and going. I might have to check this out. 
Oh, yeah. It's uh, another one of our 80s movies to add to your list. Ooh, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe. Me and Brandon are actually working on a new series for all of you. So um, maybe we'll talk about it over there when I watch yeah. it. Um, but yeah, Groundhog Day, interesting. Um, have I watched anything this week? Let me think. Um, yes, I finally concluded the first season of Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, there you go. Great show. Great animated show. I think last last episode, last frame-by-frame frame episode, um, I was about like four episodes before the finale, but now I actually finished it. Um, I think the last four episodes, I, I could definitely tell, oh, this is something from the early 2000s. You know? Yes. I really tell. It was like prime Nickelodeon animation. Yeah. Uh, even some of the storytelling decisions, it just felt very rushed. And then it hit me, okay, this is not something necessarily made for adults. <laughs> TV show at the end of the day. So yeah. I hope they would have explored some of the themes deeper. Um, a certain character coming in. Actually, you know what? I will jump into spoiling territory. If, if you haven't watched it, skip a few minutes ahead. But uh, yeah, um, Princess Yue, the princess of the Northern Water Tribe, who saw yep. falls. But then she ends up sacrificing herself. I felt like that moment was just brushed past too quickly. Sacrifice herself, end of the day, blah, blah, blah. The end. You know? That's something they could have really dived deeper into. Her, how the moon avatar gave her life and how she's um, giving it life again to repay her favor and then sacrifice. I, I think there are a few episodes later on that do dive back into her. Okay. Interesting. It's, it's not a lot of the characters throughout avatar are not one shot characters. They tend to have an overarching story that they pepper in here and there. So that, the first season may feel rushed, but that's because most first seasons are rushed, hmm, especially in the animation field. Um, I'll talk about my next topic after that, but I know some of our fans have had the same type of issue with season ones where it feels the cohesion isn't there. The story mm -hmm. is yeah. there, but everything but seems like You're right. Yeah. But Avatar, you you are getting into a phenomenal animated world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, this, I think the story is fantastic. World building, great. You know how much I love that. Oh, um, yeah. That is yeah, nothing but like, world building. Yeah. It just felt like everything just wasn't coming together as much as it should have. Felt like the finale just glossed over a bunch of plot lines it opened. And could have plot lines it could have closed in the finale, but it decided not to. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. a... Story because choice, you, you just... want those plot lines open because you're going to be closing them later. It's they yeah. didn't decide this as a one seer a one season series like some mm -hmm. like a lot of anime does. This was right. decided to be a long form series. That's why they have the theoretical chapters of book one, book two, uh, and so on. All right, yeah, which is interesting. So I'm curious to see how they explore. Um, all the open plot lights, uh, plot lines in the upcoming seasons, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for it actually. Um, because I thought the first season was phenomenal, peak animation, I would say. Um, I know Taylor, uh, host of No Limits, is a big fan of Avatar. Um, he has Master Iroh as his profile picture, so hey, yep, that's cool. But uh, but yeah, um, Avatar Last Airbender loved it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's all I watched this week. Anything else you want to talk about before we move on to... Before we go on to movies, Disney, DC, what we normally do, um, I want to talk about my biggest passion that's been over the last couple weeks, and that's Has Been Hotel. 
Mm-hmm. I talked about this last week about us getting a pilot three over three years ago that didn't go anywhere. But now A24 picked it up, Benzo Studio Animation, Amazon Prime has the whole series and all eight episodes are out right now. It, the cohesion for season one is a bit skewed because we're not getting every day to day. We're getting a few months. Um it's mild spoilers for this, but I am going to dive deep into spoiler territory. So for the next 10 minutes, I'd say, um, or less, we'll put some timestamps on here for you. Um, you could skip ahead if you if you desperately want to watch it. Um, so go watch those eight episodes, come back, and then listen to me talk about it some more. But essentially, it, it takes the biblical route of the first man, uh, of one of heaven's archangels, Lucifer, falling from grace adam the first man lilith the first woman mm-hmm. lilith falls in love with lucifer they end up both getting banished to hell to start everything down there and then our first woman made from adam which then gives everything for humanity which is a really nice way that they opened up and showed how the the, the hell world had began but adam's a dick you find out like in episode two, Adam is one of the worst people <coughs> ever. And the whole thing they do every year in hell, they have an extermination. So angels come down and exterminate the denizens of hell just so that they can keep population control and to keep hell from rising up against heaven. Our main character is Charlie Morningstar, Lucifer's Lucifer and Lilith's daughter. The princess mm-hmm. of hell herself opens a hotel so that she can try to to figure out how to rehabilitate sinners so that they can ascend to heaven. Essentially, she wants right. to find a way so that these executions and these extermination dates can stop. Right. Which is fantastic conceptually. We meet multitudes of characters that show growth and change even within a few episodes, which I think the character cohesion really comes into play of what, like one of my favorite characters uh, is Sir Pentius. He is a snake. That's an inventor. Whole thing is he is trying to vie to destroy, to take over and be overlord status. So he wants power, but he and his inventions end up failing and he becomes like the bumbling idiot, the traditional um, cartoon villain. I'm going to make this grandiose plan, come up with these ideas, and then blows up in my face. So Charlie convinces him to come to the hotel and try to rehabilitate. And in like six episodes, it works. He's becoming a nicer, kinder person. Mm -hmm. And he's not doing so much mean, destructive things because he's taking the lessons to heart. Right. And it's just, it's so cool to watch him. And then this is the biggest spoiler of all. Serpentius dies in the last episode. Oh. Damn. But in our almost, not even an after credit scene, but after the song and dance and them rebuilding the hotel, we find out Serpentius is in heaven. Oh, that's great. He makes a a self-sacrifice and part of Adam's newly written rules by accident because his uppity... (laughs) assholishness, pardon my language on that, 
helped write rules on how sinners can get into heaven. And Serpentius embodied all of those rules, and they cut, show him in a special room in heaven, and then that's it. That's how we end our first season. And it's awesome that they've already picked up for a second season. Before it even started, they already greenlit a second season. I cannot wait what Vizzy Pop is going to be doing with this. And that ends my rant about one of my favorite shows of 2024. Interesting. Interesting. I might have to check it out. It's on Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, it's on Prime. It's eight episodes. They're about a half hour each. You've got literally the easiest time to watch them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I might I might check it out. I might check it's it a out. lot of a lot um, of um, a lot of actors from Broadway. Uh because they're it is a musical series. Uh it's also got Keith David. Mm-hmm. Which I'm always a huge fan of. Never heard of him. <laughs> Have you ever seen Community? Uh, nope. Okay. Uh, have you watched The Princess and the Frog? Yes, I have. Keith David voices Facilier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I might check check out Husband of Zoe, um this weekend. But uh, with that out of the way, um, let's talk. Let's let's get into our main topics of the day. Um, so the first one is we have our Supergirl. Uh, Millie Alcock, J- James Gunn confirms, has been cast as Supergirl, um, Kara Zor-El, for uh, the upcoming Superman Legacy movie, and she will also be reprising the role of Supergirl in her own solo spinoff movie, Super Wom- Supergirl, uh, Woman of Tomorrow. Um, interesting. Wow. Uh, th- this is supposed to be, a, I think it's a Tom King book. It is supposed to be one of the best Supergirl comics out there. I've seen a lot of praise for it online. And uh, yeah, Millie Alcock. Wow, big fan. Uh, I, as you all know, I'm a huge Game of Thrones world fan. And Millie Alcock played young Rhaenyra Targaryen. And she was absolutely fantastic as Rhaenyra. So I am very excited for to see how this show is going to move. Uh, how uh, she's going to continue playing the role of Supergirl uh, in the James Gunn's new vision for the DC universe. Um, I also think she's a great casting. Um, and I'm excited to see the chemistry between David Corns at Superman and Millie Alcock Supergirl. Uh, what are your thoughts, Brandon? What do you think about this? I didn't see Game of Thrones. I don't know her acting chops. Um, mm-hmm. I like that we're getting different... I, I call them newcomers to me, because I don't know what she mm-hmm. did before this. Um, mm-hmm. But like we're getting ones that haven't acted in a superhero role or movie in a superhero role, which I do like seeing people that are green in that aspect. Not, mm-hmm. not ones that have already done it before or... Like I'll, I'll I'll say like I love Ryan Reynolds as any superhero, and I think the first one he debuted as was Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. As awful as that was, but that gave him the bad version of Deadpool in X Men Origins and led it to real Deadpool. We've seen actors change sides, change act, change change qualities. Like Chris Evans as Human Torch brought that right into Captain America, right, and. Those lasted and those went because those were true major characters. Having somebody like this who hasn't been in a superhero movie thrown as Kara Zor-El is going to be a nice addition. And I'm welcoming what might be happening with Gunn's universe. Yeah, I, I echo the exact same thoughts. You know, um, the 
vision James Gunn has laid out so far has been absolutely fantastic. I'm really looking forward to everything he's done. Um, you know, it's a, it's the minor details that makes this fantastic. He uh, he knows the DC universe in and out. He's a big fan of the comic books. He's been reading up on comic books to make the best version of Superman we've seen yet on in live action. We also just got confirmation that um, uh, the composer for the Superman Legacy movie. Let me just why am I why is my brain blanking? Superman Legacy composer, um, but it's a very well known person. Why am I forgetting who it is? Let me just Google it. John Murphy. John Murphy will okay. be composing Skirt for for Superman Legacy which is absolutely amazing. And I think he can make, he can cook up the perfect Superman score. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited about this universe because um, of James Gunn's mind, his beautiful mind. What are your thoughts? What do you, what do you think about the DCU? The DCU has a lot of shoes to, to clean out and then fill um, because there's a lot of damage that's been done to that entire brand. But <laughs> I think getting Gun at the helm was the first really big step that they needed to take. Now pushing him and letting him have his vision and what he wants to do, that's really, that's the Feige treatment. They're giving him carte blanche for this particular set. And with his skills, I'm excited to see what he's going to be coming up with, who his casting choices are, and what he's really going to be doing to flesh out what we want for DC. Yeah. Sorry. My camera just disconnected because it was out of charge. So I had to switch to my laptop webcam, but, uh, I would but yeah, also I, recommend I, killing those shades behind you if you can. Um, no, I can't because they're stuck. Um, oh, lovely. But, uh, lovely dorm, the dorms can't wait to move out next year, but, uh, but yeah, um, again, <laughs> for this DC universe. Also, the projects that, that, that they've announced so far, Batman, Brave and the Bold. Uh, it's yep. it's going to be a different take on Batman because we already got, we, we are going to have the Robert Pattinson version of Batman continue, but we're also going to have this newer Batman, which is going to be dealing with Robin. And it, it's uh, Batman much later in his career while Robert Pattinson is just starting out. So you get two different versions of Batman simultaneously in two different universes. So that, I think that's really cool. And then Swamp Thing. Um, again, who would have thought? Who would have seen a Swamp Thing movie under you know Zack Snyder? He's he was never going to touch that thing because he's he, he was just going into more of the you know the basic classic DC universe stories. Oh, we'll have Dark Side as the main villain. We'll assemble the Justice League. Well, that's a classic route. But James going to take in different routes. Characters like Swamp Thing. Um, he's giving Wonder Woman a TV show, but it's not going to have Wonder Woman. I mean, it's going to explain the history of the Amazonians. We're getting a Booster Gold TV show. Uh, we're getting a Green Lantern TV show, which is going to have both Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. And it's going to be sort of like a buddy cop, true detective style TV show, which is going to set up major plot points for the Justice League movie. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a couple of other projects, which... Oh, The Authority. Uh, my favorite my favorite announcement, The Authority. Um, are you aware of who they're in the comics? I, I was at one point in time, uh, but you may want to refresh. Okay, so the authority is essentially think of the boys in the DC universe. They're a team of superheroes, but they're but they're not bad. They're anti-heroes. They'll do yeah. whatever it takes to win or to accomplish their goal, essentially. Whatever it takes. So DC's version of the X-Force. Yeah. 
So they can, they, if they have to, they'll wipe a country off the map to restore world peace. If you get what I mean, that that's the type of characters there, which I think is very interesting. Um, we're not gonna get a classic superhero team first. We're gonna get the authority first, and then we're gonna get the Justice League. Um, so I think that's a very interesting take. I think the authority also has some very interesting characters, uh, such as Apollo, Midnighter, Jenny Sparks, uh, the Engineer, uh, characters which we've never seen before in live action, um, and characters which are great. Um, and also some great representation because it's characters from very different diverse backgrounds as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited for the authority. I think they haven't confirmed who's writing it or who's directing it, but this is supposed to be um, the second movie after Superman Legacy. And okay. there's going to be a few Superman Legacy characters. I mean, a few characters from the authority appearing in Superman Legacy. So that's very interesting in my opinion. But, I mean, uh, for for all the people and all the critics complaining about uh, like cameo fatigue, it, it sounds like Gunn's just trying to he's doing his part to tell the story, but also pepper in some other lines for plots that he wants to mm -hmm. open up. Yeah. But, but do we look at it in the same way as we see Marvel or do we try to see it as like an original thought? The same thing different. from when we talk about TV shows, like Marvel had a great run with the first couple TV shows they did. And then they started to peter off because it was oversaturated. Mm -hmm. Green Lantern show is going to do great as a buddy cop. Right, but for other things that we're looking at, like, are we gonna get the same? Do you think we're gonna get the same types of? Um, I can't think of the word. I want to say too much, just overburdened in more information and more informational space. Just I like I can see him not making you're the same mistakes that Marvel did, but I can see that. We're going to have Marvel, we're going to have TV shows, we're going to get DC, and we're going to get TV shows. And there's going to be so much out there, it's going to end up... Um, the best way I can explain how I'm feeling is I stopped watching Law & Order because there are three shows a week now. Yeah, no, not I definitely get that. Yeah. But I, don't, but I think that's exactly what Gunn is not doing. The thing with Marvel was the reason the TV shows weren't working... It was mainly behind the production team. It wasn't the TV shows. It was because they didn't have, they didn't plan it out properly. It was because the different teams within Marvel weren't communicating properly. Like there was a story that came out between Multiverse of Madness and WandaVision because Wanda, um, Multiverse of Madness was filmed before WandaVision and the production, the production had to stop because of COVID. Um, the WandaVision director did not know what was going to happen at Multiverse of Madness and he decided to do his own story. That's why you could tell there was some. Con uh, contradicting elements between the two, the, between the show and the movie. So again, I feel like that, that was where the problem arose. And I also oversaturation. Like the plan Gunn has laid out is a plan for the next six, seven years, and it has TV shows that need to be there. The thing with Marvel is we have TV shows which don't need to be there. Um, we don't need an Agatha TV show. We don't need an Ironheart TV show. We don't don't right. need a one TV show. So you, you know. In From my aspects, perspective, yes. I think we don't need that. Just like yeah. back then, back year, a few years ago, we didn't really need Iron Fist as a TV show. We got Luke Cage, we got Jessica Jones; those were great. Mm -hmm. We had yeah. Daredevil, which led into Punisher, because Punisher's story does need to be told. We didn't mm -hmm. really need Iron Fist. They they did yeah. that just to round out the Defenders. Yep. 
They did that. The, the whole per, the whole point of the Iron Fist TV show was to expand their little bubble they were building. Yeah, and it was pointless because it didn't have a proper story. It didn't have a show bible, which no, and that, a lot that's of the why MCU people shows. most people did not like Iron Fist as compared to Luke Cage and even Jessica Jones. Yeah, because there was no care put into it. They didn't have a vision for it. They just wanted it solely to expand their universe. Yep. Um, and that's what I feel. Mar- that's what I feel the problem is with Marvel right now. But James Gunn, when I look at his slate and the way he's describing these projects, I feel I can feel that these projects are going to be important because the way he described the Green Lantern show, it's going to be a buddy cop uh, investigation, um, sort of a true detective style show, which is going to have John Stewart and Hal Jordan. Um, sort of investigating extraterrestrial activity on earth and how and that's going to lead into something bigger which is going to be taught discussed in the movies when i hear that i get excited uh and also with um the wonder woman tv show the history of the amazonians it's probably going to play an important part of a two wonder woman's character we never really got a proper it's supposed to be a game of thrones style amazonian history tv show which is again doing I mean, great I can for see that. Um, and a Booster Gold TV show. We all know how much Gunn loves these obscure characters. Booster Gold is a definition of that, you know. So yeah, when I see the slate and the way J- James Gunn describes it, I get excited. But when I see Marvel's future slate and the way they're describing it, I don't get excited. You get what I mean? Yeah, I do see that. But, um, I, I do get it. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I guess that's all we have about the DCU. Let's move on and talk about some Star Wars, shall we? Yeah, on how we can um, fix so it. One interesting thought. One interesting post I saw on Twitter from discussing film was um, the Godzilla minus one director, a movie which is doing very well recently, getting a lot of praise from critics, fans, everyone. Uh, wants to direct a Star Wars movie, and that got me thinking. What is the problem with Star Wars right now? Why is Star Wars struggling so much? Honestly, I think Star Wars was struggling because they were trying they, they were trying a formula that was already used that people didn't want to come back. And now the oversaturation, that's what I was looking for earlier, of TV shows. Mm-hmm. Did Mandalorian need three or or if they're doing a fourth season? Nope. No. Do we need a Mandalorian movie now? No. That, again, is Disney being money-hungry rather than trying to continue to grow fans' acceptance and necessity for what they want to put out. It's everyone loves Grogu. Let's do whatever we can to do this. Oh, people want live-action uh, Shoka? Cool, we're going to do this. Uh, you want to see more Obi-Wan before anything happened? Well, here we go. And you, you want to see what happened to Darth Maul? How he became Darth Maul? Cool. Here's a four episode miniseries. But yeah, so much, too much. Like again, it, it's the same thing. Like my wife and I have not watched any of these series. I watched a few episodes of Ashoka, and I did enjoy it for what it was, but I never felt the need to go back and finish it. Rogue One was a good movie because it was a nice standalone piece that gave you information on what transpired to the original trilogy. I still hate the secondary trilogy, the Anakin, the the young Anakin stuff. 
I'm, mm -hmm. I skip it. I don't care. Especially episode one. I don't need political intrigue and pod racing movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, First, I don't need to learn about galactic trade routes. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, the and problem I see with was the third trilogy just it, it it failed in all its executions. Yep, I 100% agree. See, the problem I have with Star Wars is they're too stuck in the past. Move beyond the Skywalker storyline. Do something we're done. Different. It's over. We're we're done with Skywalker. Okay, reboot. that's it. We don't need to reboot. We need to go to a different galaxy. We not yeah. a different galaxy of a different subsect. Give me yeah. a Mace Windu movie. No, no. See, I, I abandon all of this. Abandon all the characters we all, we've already seen. The the thing with Star Wars is the timeline is so vast. It's so deep. You can start from the Old Republic. Characters we've yeah. never seen before. Explore that era. That's supposed to be a sort of medieval ex Star Wars type of era, you know, yeah. where the armor is sort of we have medieval style armor, but they still have lightsabers. That's gonna look cool. Get that. Then go. Then after that, slowly transition into the New Republic or the High Republic era, where the Jedi Order is on top of it's ever been, and how the corruption within the Jedi Order. Move into that. Yeah, starting with KOTOR would be the best way. Using a lot of the book medium would be a great additional exactly. set. The books because... have so much information and so much history and so much lore in there. Adapt from it. It's, you know? it's like asking the question every day. Why do we have a legit Jedi religion? Why do we have uh, Stormtrooper orders that are popping up? It's the same thing of like, like, I'm not going to say the same thing because Ghostbusters got two movies initially and we have Ghostbusters squadrons throughout the country. Like, we have we have fans that love what it is for what it is and want to be a part of it. Right. And giving Star Wars a much larger medium to not just be Star Wars Skywalker stuff. Let it be Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Let it be the stories that we need told, the stuff that we've. Some of us have only seen in games, or some of us has only read in books. There are people out there that just think Star Wars is nine movies, right, or a bunch of TV shows, not stacks of books, or mm -hmm. games with lore that we never got. Like, not too many people know about Star Killer. And that was just from two games and then some other book medium. Yep. Like there's so much that they need to do and they need to branch yep. out, not just rely on the crutch of Skywalker. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And yeah, I mean, when George Lucas created this universe, it wasn't for Skywalker. It was for, it was supposed to be a massive thing with so much history. Again, um, I don't talk about Game of Thrones a lot, but look at the way they're handling their universe now. They dealt with everything that happened in the, uh, or the original TV show, and now they're expanding. They're going into the history of it because there's so much information in the books. George R. R. Martin has wrote its books with you know endless, almost almost endless information about um, the history of the houses, the history of the clans that are formed, the history of the land, the migration, the trade path, the political intrigue, uh, how all the wars that had took place in that specific world in the past. 
So, you know, I feel like there's so much to do. There's so much to look into. I feel like Star Wars is can be the lore is massive, is vast. There's so much to explore, is what I'm yeah. trying to say. So, you know, it's it's it's, it's too deep and too rich of lore to keep concentrating on a handful of characters. <coughs> yep. Um, but uh, but yeah. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up today's episode? I mean, no, not really. No. Yeah. I, mean, I think yeah. Again, hotel, it's, it's, watch Amon and I watch me set up a movie list for Amon to watch. Mm-hmm. So we can discuss movies? it on our new show. Uh huh. Might dive into the eighties. Back into yep. the eighties. Um, but no, uh, you were never in the eighties. <laughs> that's why I said dive back into it. You know. So, but uh. But yeah, um, again, hopefully Star Wars gets back on track because there's so much to do there. There's so much potential in that series, which um, Disney just doesn't see because they're a bunch of idiots and suits making the decisions, not the people who actually care about the source material. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's our that's our weekly rant, everybody. Thank you all for watching. Make sure you like the video for more content uh, on gaming, movies, TV shows. Subscribe to the channel to keep up to date with all our uploads. If you want to support us more, you can join our Patreon uh, and get some exclusive content there. We have some very fun exclusive content that, you know, we promote almost monthly content, you can say. But, uh, but uh, yeah, thank you for watching. Get, and we'll see we're you. getting to the point for monthly Patreon content, um, mm -hmm. especially for, like, intergroup stuff. Yep. Although also the weekly streams. So, you know. You may have seen me fail with a stream of a game that I've been trying out, which I'm putting out a review later, either today or tomorrow. Um, just something I really enjoy. And I'm going to be doing a lot more streaming. And I know it's not the right times because I'm not doing it midday. I, I stream after 10. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, thank you guys for watching. and We'll see you next week.